Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am super thrilled that you guys are here with us today. I am uh, I'm genuinely excited for today's show, as I am with many of our guests. But um, this we've got a guest today who uh, who I just recently met, maybe a month or two ago, and was so inspired by his story um, and and what he's doing and how he's helping people become leaders and overcome impossible obstacles and challenges. That I was like, dude, you got to come on the show. So we will announce our mystery guest in just one minute. Um, but before we do, I'm talking a few more minutes here because I'm waiting for him to ride into the studio. He's coming in right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the one and only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> Woo. Woo. <laughs> I feel like I feel like some flashing lights or something would be pretty I do cool. think we need flashing lights. We should have some kind of thing going on here. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, I wonder, I wonder even if you're going to make it into the studio. To be fair, I had already saddled up. I put my little red hood up and I was ready to go <laughs> off into the night. My little red riding hood over here. Little red riding hood. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to unsee that or stop thinking about you as little red riding hood. <laughs> but uh, no, I got to say, I am, I too, I'm looking forward to this. I, I've got a bit more curiosity around this because I know, like you say, you, you, you've met our guest and kind of kind of caught up not too long ago but you've just curiosity curiously that's a word led me into this with this great guest and i know very little of this story so i i can't wait to unpack it yeah no it's uh he's got an incredible story so he is uh just a little bit about jeff griffin who is our guest um not only is he uh you know an inspirational speaker helping people understand how to actually achieve like these big impossible goals and you'll understand where he comes from with that in just a minute. He's actually also a uh, Paralympic silver medalist. Um, so this guy is like not only uh, preaching things, but he's practicing what he preaches. Add him to the show, Jeff, or as I like to call him because we become friends, Griff, welcome to the show, man. Super happy to have you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm just like, I'm just honored that you're here with us today. Well, James and Dean, I'm honored to be here. And, uh, I'm just saying it's easy to look good while while standing on the shoulders of uh, giants, but in my case, sitting on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> that's, awesome. that's amazing. Well, uh, well, so so before we get into you know kind of your your story and everything else like that, um, I guess you know one of the things that I always like to know from people is because you're not just a a speaker, but you're also an entrepreneur yourself, mm-hmm. and. Um, how how did you go about becoming an entrepreneur? Was it in your genes and your DNA? Were you just like born and three minutes later you opened up a lemonade stand? Was it <laughs> something that happened later in life? You know, did you buy and sell parakeets like Dean did as yeah. a young a young adolescent? Another one of my or people it, right there. <laughs> what? <laughs> Another one of my parakeet people. Yeah. yeah. Way, did you sell the the bird to uh, the Dumb and Dumber crew? That was him. That, that was, was actually me. him. Was that, that you? Me. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you go if you go back and watch the movie, you can see his name in the credits. Guy who sold dead parakeet to blind kid, <laughs> Dean Holland. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's all been all downhill. So so what about you though, man? How did how did you get um started or get the entrepreneurial itch? Well, what's interesting for me is it's it's been a roller coaster ride, right? I've kind of like been pushed into it and not. I've been dabbing my toe into it. Um, and I'm sure we're going to jump into the story here, but, um, in between seasons, I was working for myself and, and I was working at a grocery store in the frozen department and I'm freezing my, my tail off my fingers. And I'm like, you know what? I can just do so much more than just stock freezers. <laughs> and, uh, my dad taught me how to paint over the summers because, you know, he was a teacher in high school and, and, and so he had to have a, a business during the summertime and he painted not pictures, but buildings. And so I'm like, I'm going to go start my own business. And I was surprised at how quick you can make the money. The people who make the money are the ones who are going to take the risk. And, um, and, and what was interesting too, is once I started that business, uh, my painting business, waking up in the morning, wasn't hard anymore. In mm -hmm. fact, I was excited to, to get up and to get going. And, and I was I was up with the crack of dawn and getting out there and doing it because I knew that whatever I was putting into this is what I was going to get out. And uh, and so for me, I had a little a little taste of that, um, you know, before before my accident. And, and just just so your listeners, you know, because I'm sure your listeners can't see this as some of you guys who are, are watching this. You can see this. But I like to say that I'm the best unknown speaker you've never heard of yet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I come rolling out on stage, I, I like to just address the elephant in the room. Well, and that's, and that, all right. So let's just get into it right now, right? Because, right. so what is the elephant in the room? So I've already alluded to the fact that you're a Paralympic gold medalist. Yeah. Right. You've already said that you can't stand on the shoulders of giants. You have to sit on the shoulders of giants. So like, so let's talk about this. Like what, what happened and how did that really shape who you are and where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So when I come rolling out on the stage, I like to address the elephant in the room about how good looking I am. <laughs> right. Naturally. Naturally, of course. I knew this where this was heading. Right. Yeah, that's right. And I'm like, hey, hello. Absolutely. I'm taking that. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, there are in the Paralympics, there's a, a category for people who are too good looking to play in the regular Olympics. And that's, that and that's how he was that there. Was that's why I got a silver medal, right? Uh, that was <laughs> Who got the gold medal? Oh, as yeah, the I'm, I'm ultimate too good looking person. I'm curious, but. Right, right, right. Well, you know what? What's interesting is no, I, I'm, I am in a wheelchair. If you didn't notice that, then you didn't. And, and, uh, and if you didn't, you have more problems than I do. Right. <laughs> but uh, um, so I come on a stage and, and I went from six, one to four, seven overnight. And uh, before um, I was a speaker, you know, in, in, in growing up, I wanted to be a football player. So in between football seasons, I started this business of painting on my own. And um, I was up 40 feet on some scaffolding and the scaffolding slipped out from underneath me. And I fell 40 feet and I broke my back, um, stuck the landing perfect. If I was a gymnast, I wasn't. I was a painter. And so my legs came, my legs came up, my back came down and my L1 vertebrae exploded inside me, mm. leaving me paralyzed from the waist down. As I crumbled to the ground, um, the pain was so excruciating. I reached out to alleviate the pain. I grabbed onto my legs and my hands could fit my legs, but my legs couldn't feel my hands. And at that moment, I'm like, oh, you know, I won't even say what uh, I was thinking, but uh, 
I had fallen 40 feet. My dreams of playing football in college had fallen with me. My, uh, my dreams of getting a bullet bike, because here's the, here's the deal, guys, is every time I saw a guy on a bullet bike, there was a lady on back. And so I thought maybe the, 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 the small print was girls included. Right. Uh, it's the wheels, but it, it was an upsell. Yeah. Absolutely. Would you like a chick with your bike? Absolutely. And then something like people called me out like Griff, you really don't want the bike. You just want the ladies. I'm like, you're right. You're right. right. <laughs> this is true. I can't deny this. And it wasn't until I got in a wheelchair that I realized that the, the, the chicks dig the wheels. Oh, really? Absolutely. There was a, there was a line outside the dance hall when I, when I went to my first dance, but I'm getting sidetracked here. Right. But, um, so I went from six, one to four, seven instantly. And, um, I was lying on my back, looking up at the uh, the sky next to the unpainted barn, and I had a decision to make. I could stay down, and I could continue to wallow in that syrupy, sticky sun of self-pity, mm. or I could get back up and dream new dreams. And, um, and so that's what I've done, is I've decided to dream new dreams, and in the process, I've discovered some flecks of gold. I've, I've discovered some things to help people get back up, um, I may be physically paralyzed, Dean and James, but this is the elephant that I want to address. And the elephant is, is I may be physically paralyzed, but I believe most of us, if not all of us, have been paralyzed from the demons of doubt, fear, and complacency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I gotta so I gotta ask you, like, as we as we kind of move forward with this, this conversation and overcoming those those demons, where what was the what was the thought that you told yourself that made that switch for you where it was, you know, one minute I'm, you know, ready to try out for the football team and I'm painting and all this and like the next minute, right? Like it was such an abrupt change mm-hmm. in your life. And there, obviously there was expectations that could no longer be fulfilled and disappointments and all these things that I think many of us experience on a regular basis, but on such a, bigger level. Right. Uh, Um, and the, you know, the prospect and the realization of not being able to walk and, and doing all this and how had you been doing some sort of like mental toughness training before that, or was it just all in a moment? Like how, how did you get through that in, in such a short period of time or was it a short period of time? Like, what was that, that journey like for you to, you know, go from, like you said, the syrupy, sticky kind of feeling sorry for yourself to, you know what, this is what happened. I'm, you know, I'm going to create a new course in my life. Like what was the thought process that went into that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great question, James. Great question. In fact, what's interesting, we'd have to go all the way back when I was younger to really answer that. And we will, but what I want to address first of all, is this fact that, uh, you know, I, you know, I learned for myself at that moment that, that cutting corners leads nowhere but down. Right? You know, right. I had this foundation, I had a scaffolding, and then I pulled out uh, this this thirty foot ladder and leaned up against the scaffolding when I wanted to do, to do this uh, this job at the uh, the barn that I was going to paint in Napoleon Dynamite Country there in uh, in Preston, Idaho. I was from Northern Utah, and we were doing that barn there. And, and I pulled out some scaffolding. I had one level of scaffolding, the 30-foot ladder, and leaned it up against the barn. It wasn't even close. So now I have two levels of scaffolding, and I leaned the ladder back up against the barn. And so what, what was interesting is, is I climbed up the scaffolding. I asked my buddy to hold the ladder. He was shaking, and the ladder was rattling. I'm thinking to myself, maybe you shouldn't be up here. 
right? I'm like, what could go wrong? That's mm. so why I started climbing up the ladder. I'm like, hey, Doug, we relate this to life, to business, step-by-step, step, precept upon precept. He's like, shut up, Griff, stop preaching to me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sorry, time out. So I get up to the top. I lift my arm above my head because I couldn't quite reach the top, but I figured the sprayer could. I pull down the lever and the paint just dribbles out. So I get back down on the ground. I adjust the sprayer, make sure that it works. Get back up onto the, the scaffolding. I lift the ladder one notch higher. Lifting the ladder one notch higher changed the trajectory of the ladder. And, and obviously, you guys know what happened uh, next, right? I climb up there, and right before I'm about to pull on that lever, I felt that infamous feeling that we've all felt in grade school where we're leaning back on our chair, and the teacher uh, not to, and we're like, well, what could go wrong? And, and our, our stomach up to our mouth and down to our legs and back to our stomach again. I felt that feeling. I dropped the sprayer, and I'm like, oh, shoot. Um, I think I said shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I said shoot in this in this instance, and I dropped the sprayer, and as the scaffolding and ladder slipped out from underneath me, it started crashing to the ground. I reached out to try to you know grab onto the loft doors, and I just pulled my thumb out and flayed the top part of my thumb off. And at the bottom of the loft doors was a one-inch ledge, and I'm here. I am problem solving, and sometimes as entrepreneurs, we're just problem solving instantly, right? We're trying to figure it out as we go. And, and I've learned that when the moment to perform has arrived, the moment for preparation has passed. Mm. You asked this question, James, what did I do in this moment when I'm on my back? I find out I received the news from the doctor that I will never walk. I will never stand. I will never move my legs again. He gave me a life sentence from living in a chair. Could you imagine a football player? who got to taste the sweetness of success. I played two downs in college and it was beautiful and it was amazing. And here I am receiving this news that you'll never walk, you'll never stand, you'll never move again, you're not gonna paint, you're not gonna ride a motorcycle, you're not gonna play football again. Your dreams, take it out, right out from underneath you. And so, the, so I'm trying to set up, I'm trying to set up uh, you know, this picture of what happened next, right? Because here I am falling down and, and there's a one inch ledge there and I'm trying to grab onto it because that's my that's my problem solving skills, right? Mm. I got to just grab onto that one inch ledge so I'm not going to be a part of that big pile of scrap metal down below. And so I grab on and, and dig, in, dig my fingernails into the ledge, but uh, because of the weight of my body and the pull of gravity, it caused my fingers to pop off. The ledge, not my, not my hands. I, don't, I know some of you guys are like, oh. I was like, did they sew them back on? I was like, this is getting worse. <laughs> Some people are like, he's got Star Wars hands. <laughs> yeah, he's like Darth Vader. Yeah, no, but my fingers popped off, and I'm just scrambling. In, in last ditch desperation, I'm just scrambling to try to get back up. And I'm telling you right now, that is not problem solving. Hmm. And some of our listeners, some of your listeners are probably, you know, I have experienced that before, where they're just they're last ditch desperation trying to figure things out. When the moment to perform has arrived, the moment for preparation has passed. And obviously, I did not perform for this. I did not prepare for this moment. Right. And of course, I hit the ground and, you know, we, we, we know what happened there. And so the question is, is what did I do um, as I'm lying on my back there? Well, one thing, I've, one thing I learned for myself, as I mentioned before, that cutting corners leads nowhere but down. And I'm sure you guys have heard the, the one degree. Yeah. The analogy of one degree with water. Mm-hmm. You know, 211 degrees Fahrenheit is hot water, but it's not boiling. 212, just one degree, makes it boil. And boiling water creates steam, and steam create, produces energy, and energy allows us to, to go across continents and waters and, and do all sorts of things. So one degree. 
I also learned too that one degree um, is is makes all the difference when it comes to how am I going to move forward? How am I going to get unstuck? How am I going to dream new dreams? How am I going to be the entrepreneur that I truly want to be? And sometimes we think we've got to have these great, big, huge ideas, and it's just one degree that makes all the difference. Mm. Just one step that makes all the difference. You know. And I've also learned that one of those biggest steps is um, what I call the P-squared mindset. The P squared mindset. And what I mean by that, it's the possibility principle. It's the possibility principle. In fact, um, this principle I go around and I share with companies that I believe are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions. I went and shared um, with a company in California to a group of 60 relationship managers. Their desire was to bring in 400 million new dollars. And they're like, we've never done this before. We don't think we can. So they had me come in and share and introduce the three D's that I, that I hope to be able to share with you guys in a few minutes here. But I believe these three D's are at the foundation of every problem solution. They're the foundation of every solution. And the problem isn't the problem, Dean and James, because we all have problems. And I don't know if you've heard of all the excuses that, that are out there, right? You know, ah, if I can't do it because I'm, I was raised on the wrong side of the tracks. Oh, I can't do that because... You know, I went to a different school. Oh, I can't do that because, you know, I didn't have parents or, oh, you know, the problem isn't the problem. Yeah, well, we talk, we talk a lot about how people are always like, oh, I, I tried that and it didn't work. Yeah. Like <laughs> I tried this and it didn't work. Or I like, you know, it's, it's so true that the, the problem isn't the problem. And I'm curious, like your, your angle on that, mm. but it's the way that you're approaching the problem, yeah. right? Like the mindset and who you are and what you're bringing to that situation that caused it to work or, or not to work. Um, and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super curious to hear, hear what you got to say about that. But I think, uh, before you get to that, can Dean, can you now see why I was like, all right, I got to get this guy on the show. I can see I'm gripped. I'm like sitting here. Like I know I'm going to just keep unfolding here. <laughs> it's a, it, it's a, it's a riveting story. And I think, you know, it's, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, a tragic situation, but to see to see what you've turned it into, like I think that's so incredible and so inspiring. So I'd I'd love to hear hear you elaborate on this. You know, whole the problem isn't the problem, yeah. but from from my perspective, like this is this is what it all boils down to. You know, everybody listening, like this is what it comes down to, right? You know, put your problem in perspective, like you know what, what, what Griff has dealt with is obviously a really big problem. There's people right. who've dealt with, with bigger problems. Right. And then there's, and then there's the rest of us who sometimes are whining about the small problems that pop up. Like, Oh, like my ad campaign didn't perform or, you know, this person doesn't like me, or I think, you know, this person like whatever, right. It's like all these different things. So, so when you say the problem, isn't the problem, like what, what does that mean for, for us and for everybody listening? Yeah, absolutely. The problem isn't the problem because we all have problems, and as you mentioned, um, and I'm not trying to, and I'm, I'm not trying to belittle anybody else's problems because I've learned for myself that all pain hurts, and all problems are difficult, right? And so I'm not belittling anybody here, and I'm not trying to say that mine's greater than anyone else's. But I've also learned too that the the problem isn't the problem because you know every problem under the sun has a solution or it has none. Mm. If there be one, hurry and find it. If there be none, never mind it. 
And what I've learned is most of us spend yeah. most of our energy on the problem, identifying the challenge and, and making the problem this big, huge thing. And we spend zero, if not very little energy on the solution. Mm -hmm. The problem isn't the problem because we all have the problems. We all have ad campaign problems. We all have, you know, opt-in problems. We all have, you know, fulfillment, marketing, and and we all have all these, you know, similar problems, right? The problem isn't the problem. It's the lack of vision. Mm. Mm. The lack of vision, in my opinion. And so these three Ds, right, that I believe are at the, are at the foundation of every solution is desire, dream, and do. These three Ds, and we can get into them in a second. But uh, going back to this this company, and they're like, "Hey, Griff, will you please introduce to our company these three Ds, and will you, will you teach us how to develop a P squared mindset?" And so I brought this possibility principle into this company who wanted to bring in four hundred million dollars, who didn't think it was possible. After I finished sharing the, the just introducing these three Ds, the VP of sales came up to me afterwards and she's like, thank you so much, Griff, for eliminating all of our excuses. There's no reason why we can't hit this target. I love that. I called her back in February and I uh, got a hold of her assistant and, and, and he's like, Griff, I don't know how much she told you what our target was, what we bit, what, but we ended up with $530 million. Nice. That's awesome. So return of investment was pretty impressive, right? So this possibility principle that I want to give you guys, it, 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 it I believe is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions. Yeah. If absolutely. you can grasp onto it and if you can understand it and if you can implement it. Because what's interesting here, you guys, is I got a phone call in 2018 in December and it was from a buddy of mine. He's like, Griff, we're going to go learn. We're going to go train from the Navy SEALs. And I'm like, you do realize I'm in a wheelchair, right? <laughs> and he's like yeah absolutely i'm like okay i'm in with one condition as long as you don't change any of the events for me don't adapt it for me because if i can't do it i'll figure out a way to do it and if i can't figure out a way to do it then i'll sit back on the sidelines and i will cheer you guys on but i don't want you to change anything for me but there's one thing that i do demand that i get to do and he's like well what's that i'm like i want to jump out of the helicopters into this shark infested waters. She's like, we'll see what we can do. Nice. And the Navy SEALs are like, nah, he can't do it. He's in a wheelchair. And I'm telling you, how many times have you heard that word, I can't? A lot. That word, I can't. I think John Azraf says that we hear it about 150,000 times by the time we're 17 years old when I was a little kid and I told somebody my dream. And by the way, that's, that's, one, of the, that's one of the Ds, right? Is dream. I told somebody my dream that I wanted to play football in college. And, and some of you guys, I get this. The song that sang to my soul was to play football. I carried a football with me everywhere I went. I played it in the springtime, the summertime, even in the wintertime. And on Sundays when my mom wouldn't let me play it, I would go down in the basement and play it in my mind. Mm -hmm. and, the, and what's interesting is I told somebody in my dream one time, like, Griff, you can't play football in college. And they gave me all the reasons why I couldn't. Like, you're too short. You're too slow. Some even said, I'm too white. <laughs> I'm like, okay, too short, too slow, too white. What else do you have? All these excuses, right? Fortunately for me, I didn't realize this as a young kid that most of us, most of us project other people's possibilities on our limitations. Mm -hmm. We reject what we don't understand and we base our possibilities on what we know. So again, going back to the problems and the problem, our lack of vision. It's our lack of implement, implementation. And um, 
And so, again, unfortunately, other people base our possibilities on their limitations. Well, and we let, and and when we're not conscious of this, we let other people's limitations, like we just accept them. Yeah. Right. right. I remember, um, and and he was, you know, I've, I've brought him up a couple of times on the show over the years. My grandfather was a big uh, role model for me, an example. Yeah. And one of the things he told me once, I didn't even know if we were talking about it. It's just like, sort of, he just like blurted it out. And I was like, okay. He was like, when somebody tells you that you can't do something, all they're really saying is that they can't do it. Mm. He's like, so right. never buy into that. And I was just like, all right, that sounds good. Right. And, uh, and it's, but it's so true. You know, people, people will project their limitations onto you and you right. got to like, you got to stand guard at the gates of your mind and be like, is this, is this really true? Is this really me saying this? Or is this something that I picked up along the way and it's baggage that I inherited from somebody who didn't know any better, who was projecting their own limitations or, or whatever. But it's, uh, it's absolutely true that it's not even necessarily, uh, malintended in many right. cases. It's just people are like, Oh, like, well, you, you know, we don't want you to be disappointed or we don't want you to feel like you failed or whatever. So just don't even try this. Like, how do you not give it everything that you have? I want to, I want to hear the jumping out of the helicopters into the shark water because even the Navy SEALs told you, you couldn't, and I'm waiting for the punchline on this thing. They did. They're like, Griff, you can't jump out of the helicopter in a wheelchair. And I'm like, oh my gosh, tell me that I can't. And I'll show you that I can't. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I've, and I've learned that there's uh I've learned that there's like there's there's four sources of resilience that we can tap into, and that's something that uh, that we get into, and we and we teach people how to increase their desire, how to increase their resilience, how to do all these things, right, to help them be able to jump out of a helicopter, how to get back up after they've been knocked down, because uh, here's the here's the beauty of it, right? Um, tell me that I can't, and I'll show you that I can. But what I would, and so I, I just went and rolled over um, to the helicopter that they had there and, and, uh, and I just jumped out of my chair. It wasn't flying or anything like that, but I just wanted to visually show them, right? Because, because again, we reject what we don't understand and we base the possibilities on what we know. And these, these Navy SEALs only knew certain things. And the reason why I bring up this, this story is because these Navy SEALs taught me a valuable lesson. They're like, Griff, it's simple to be a Navy SEAL. It's just not easy. Hmm. These principles that I'm sharing with you and I'm and unveiling to you, they are simple. They are just not easy. And so for us, is we've got to find the simplicity on the far side of complexity. We've got to we've got to be able to uh, create some routines and some processes. I call them holy habits and righteous routines to help us create these things so that we can find the simplicity on the far side of complexity. And so again, going back to this, you know, this developing a P square mindset. And, and understanding the possibility principle. And by the way, I did. I jumped. I jumped out of the helicopter. I asked him to go up forty feet so I could, you know, recreate the forty foot fall from nice. the barn. But yeah. uh, they're, they're like, nah. So, but anyways, we jumped out of the helicopter and I had an opportunity to train with the Navy SEALs. But here's here's what's interesting. Um, how often do we take advantage of those opportunities when when we're given a chance to train mm. with the experts? to go above and beyond what we have available. And so um, this possibility principle, before I forget, before we go somewhere else and before we run out of time, if you guys who are listening or who are watching, if you guys will text the word possible 
P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E to 801-316-8689. I will send you the possibility principle for free, which is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, especially if you implement it. But here's the deal. Is this is this the is this the core of what you shared that company that increased their revenue by 500 million plus? This possibility principle is is kind of the foundation of the 3Ds, right? It's, it's kind of like the footings. It's the footings of the 3Ds, which are the foundation of what I shared with this company. And so the 3Ds, you know, are based on this possibility principle. And here's the beauty of it. The possibility, the possibility principle will help you identify your dreams and match them up with your desires. Hmm. Couple them with emotion to where you you just the floodgates of imagination and possibilities start to open up and, and, and you start to experience success and start experiencing. Because when's the last time you allowed yourself to dream, to dream in color, to just let your mind and imagination go crazy and wild to where you're weaving the tapestry of your own dreams that are going to hang on somebody else's social media wall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the problem is most of us don't know what we want, but the majority of us know what we don't want. And so if we continue to focus on what we don't want, we're going to continue to get to what we focus on. So let's so, so dive in a little bit to uh to this concept of vision. Yeah. Cause I feel like vision is a word that people throw around a lot. Yeah. They use a lot. They're like, oh, you know, he's a visionary, he's not a visionary, he's like a vision. He's like, I don't know what my vision like and it's just it's almost overplayed, but I think it's incredibly misunderstood all at the same time. Right. Yeah. And, and what in, in your mind, what is vision and how do you create that for yourself? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Great question. Because it was interesting. I'm, I'm sitting in front of Dean Graziosi. He's like, you got to have a vision, you know, and Simon Sinek, you got to, you got to know your why. And Tony yeah. Rodgers, you got to have this, you know, this vision and this dream. And so all these people are telling us what, what we've been talking about. Just like what I'm saying, you, you know, problems and problems, the lack of vision. And here's what I've learned. Most of us don't know what we want, but the majority of us know what we don't want. And the problem is if we start focusing on what we don't want, we're going to get wherever our focus goes, our energy flows. Hmm. And so if we continue to focus on what we don't want, we're going to keep on getting that. But no, nobody's ever taught us how to dream weave, as I call it. Hmm. Dream hmm. weave. Ten minutes is all it takes. It'll change your life. You know, I was asked to go to, to go speak in Sweden last year at the Eighth World Congress on Mind Training. Um, Barack Obama, Gwyneth Paltrow, and the owner of Spotify was over there at the same time. Different city. They were, <laughs> they were over the same in Sweden at the exact same time that I was at. And, uh, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah, right? And I didn't even meet them. But... Uh, <laughs> They're, and they're just people that I've heard of. So just right, anyway, right, right. just keep going on with the story. Absolutely. <laughs> so the reason why I share that, because they were not invited to this eight world Congress on mind training and excellence. And so, so here I am um, asked to speak to all these people. And by the way, Lars Eric Unistall is the founder of, of this, of this Congress. He's the president of the psychology department over there at the University of Obrero. He, he partnered up with James, with Charles Garfield here in the United States with the Apollo project. Hmm. And Charles Garfield is the one who uh, coined the phrase peak performance. And so Lars Eric Unostal, a pretty amazing guy. He's the founder of mind training and hypnosis and, and all these other things over there in Sweden has, has kind of brought it over to America. And he gave me 30 minutes to speak to his group. 
you've got Nobel nominees there. You've got Formula Race Car drivers, winners. You've got premier soccer coaches. You've got gold medalists. You've got professors all over the world with PhDs and all sorts of other letters in front of their names that I don't. And, and I had an opportunity to show up and and I had 30 minutes to speak. The guy in front of me went five minutes before, you know, over. And so now I have 25 minutes. Um, after the second standing ovation, I was telling the people to sit down. And I'm like, listen, I've got this information that you need to know. And I was sharing about these three Ds. And after I was finished, Lars Eric came up to me afterwards. He's like, Griff, thank you for showing us in 25 minutes what we've been trying to teach these last 40 years. Hmm. And one of those things is dreams and dream weaving. How do you accomplish that? How do you develop that? And so what we've, de what we've developed, I call it dream weaving. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to crash course on dream weaving, like right, right yeah, now. Do that. It's it's one of ten steps that world record leaders follow and finish with exactness. These are the gold. These are the flux of gold that I discovered after I I came out of that that sauna of self pity. In fact, there was a question that that was asked to me in the hospital that changed my life forever. That I haven't returned back to that sauna after your accident. After my accident, and 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 so this question changed my life. And so so long story coming back to the first question that you asked me. What is it that's helped you get back up? What does it help you to keep to keep moving forward? And there was a question that was asked to me in the hospital that changed my life forever. And the question came from a prisoner who set me free from my prison. Mm. This prisoner was working out at the point of the mountain, had an aneurysm in his brain, paralyzed from the right side, slurred speech. And, and I'll get to that question. So hold on. So this this guy was working out in prison. Had a brain aneurysm, and then he happens to be in the hospital with you. Yes, having 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 his uh, you know do, going through his therapy yeah. and whatnot, and I'm having this pity party. I'm I'm I'm. They stopped feeding me in bed, and uh, and so I had to get out of bed. It took me 30 minutes to get out of my bed, and then I'm rolling down these sterile halls of the hospital. I'm getting my tray, and and uh, I want to be as far away as I possibly can from everybody. Mm. I play. I place my tray down. I'm flavoring my food with my tears, and this tray plops down in front of me. I'm about to tell this person to go, you know, somewhere that we, we where we won't use right now. And this guy asked me a question that changed my life forever. And in his slurred speech, he asked the question that changed my life forever. And um, we'll get to that question in a second. Oh, look at that. This guy's like so many open loops, I can't even contain him. I know, I'm like, I can't even close these things, right? I'm like, we're running out of time here. You know, you better not leave us hanging. I'm like, do you want that question or do you want the crash course of the dream weaving? I want it all. <laughs> there you go. You're able, you and your listeners will be able to, to, be able to get it all, but uh, quickly with the dream weaving. So back in Sweden and back with Lars Erik Unestal, um, there was another there was another um, presenter that kind of validated. He had the research and he had all the other stuff. I had 20 years of real life um, research and, and real life results backing up these steps. But what was interesting, it was it was validated by another person on the other side of the world that has all these different uh, um, things in front of their you know initials in front of their name. But um, what we do with dream weaving here, you guys, is we make a list of all the things that you want. And, and most people, again, aren't disciplined enough to stay focused long enough to get over the wall, that mental wall. You know, runners hit the wall. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you have these runners that hit the wall, and they always talk about hitting a wall at the end of the race. But what people don't understand, there's a wall that you have to get over to to continue the race, to continue the running. So there's two walls that people don't even talk about. The first one is to get going into that groove. The second one is to, okay, keep going now that you've run out of energy. And 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 um, um, and so what we have here is you write a list of what you want and that list, you know, and give yourself three minutes to write that down. And you guys just visually see this. And then you give yourself three minutes to write down the list that you don't want. And most people will have a longer list of things that they don't want. Hmm. And that's normal. And that's, and that's obvious. And so what you're going to do now is you're going to take the list of what you don't want and you're going to transfer it over to the list that you do want the list that you started to work on. For example, I was working with a lady and, and one of her things that she doesn't want, for example, some people are like, oh, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be poor. Well, what are they thinking of? Money. They don't want to be poor. They're thinking of money, but they're thinking of, I don't want to be poor. So what do you really want, Dean? You want money. Absolutely. Here's a dollar. That's more money. But what do you really want? Now, I want to make as much in one month that I did in a year. That's very, very specific of what you want. And so you take this list of things that you don't want. So I was working with a lady who uh, one of her one of her items was I don't want to feel like a monster anymore. Hmm. Hmm. That was a pretty powerful statement right there. But what was interesting here is that one statement I don't want to feel like a monster turned out to be five things that she truly wanted to be. I want to feel appreciated. I want to have courage. I want to love myself. And you know, and the list went on off of just one one thing that she didn't want. I'm making a list in my mind, and one of the things on my mind was I don't want to feel like Dean is a monster anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't you can't change the truth. I know. I'm hoping we can get to that part and figure out how to dream weave you into a better human. Hey, I'm telling you guys, you gotta change that, Dean. You gotta change that because here's the beauty of it, right? The the law of the harvest, because as entrepreneurs, we want results. Give me the results. Give me the money. Give me, you know, and we have these dreams and we're all scatterbrained and whatnot. And so again, we've got to have we've got to have some discipline to where to where we we're we're doing the work that's necessary. And I love the law of harvest because you know, fruit is true to its nature. If I take if I take an apple and I apply pressure to it, what comes out? Juice. Juice. And if I apply pressure to an apple, what kind of juice comes out? Apple juice. Apple juice. And so what's interesting here is when human beings are the only creation that I know of that's not true to its nature. You apply pressure to a pineapple, you're going to get pineapple juice. You apply pressure to a peach, you get peach juice. You apply pressure to a human being, what comes out? All kinds of juices. All, all kinds of stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> that visual, man, that visual just blew my mind. Like, oh, all kinds of juices. Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, here's what's interesting, though, right, is you apply pressure to a human being and what comes out is what we put in. Mm. Mm. And so I think it's Zig Ziglar that says, you know, you got to get rid of that stinking thinking. Mm-hmm. But for me, the solution to pollution is dilution. You've got to put in what you want to get out. And so here are these entrepreneurs, these business owners, these, these, these peak performers want the results and they ask, give me the tips. Give me the tips, give me the tools, give me the skills so I can get the results. And here's the problem. They skip two of the most important categories before you even get to the results. And those categories is you've got to identify your desires, your dreams, your roles, and your goals. And, of course, the other category is you've got to establish a winning culture with holy habits and and, and, uh, righteous routines. 
And so that part of that winning culture is an attitude of gratitude. And so we were talking about that one degree. And I learned that the machine in an airplane that gets it from point A to point B is called the attitude meter. Mm. And if mm. a plane is going from point A, if going from LA to New York and it's just off one degree, remember that one degree, it'll end up in Washington, D.C. or Boston, Massachusetts. Not a big deal unless you want to go to New York. And so one degree makes all the difference in the attitude. The, the attitude meter is what it's called in the airplane. The attitude meter is what gets an airplane from point A to point B. And we've got to adjust that attitude meter. We've got to, we've got to know what we're putting inside. And so that dream is, but we've got to know that destination. We've got to know that dream. And that's why the dream is so important. So going back to vision and going back to your dream. Well, now you have a tip on how to take what you don't want and transfer it over to what you do want. And then you just rip up that list of what you don't want. You shred it, you burn it, you know, all those sensory triggers and all that stuff. And then, and then you've got to work on changing that programming, that stinking thinking, because the solution to pollution is dilution. You've got to have something set up in order to get past that poor programming that we've all been programmed with. I really, I really like that. I like the idea, you know, cause everybody will say, well, you know, don't focus on what you don't want, but what you're saying here is it's, it serves a purpose. If you Absolutely. allow it to serve a purpose, Absolutely. right? Like you take it and you're like, okay, cool. Like now I'm clear on what I don't want. How does this help me get clearer on what I actually do want? Like, let me unpack the right. things that I don't want mm-hmm. and sort of transmute them mm-hmm. into what I do want. And, right. and, because I, I think a lot of people, when they hear that, they feel powerless because they're like, well, all I can think of right now is what I don't want. Right. And so there must be something wrong with me yeah. because I can't think of what I do want. But you're saying like, it's okay. Like, like Bruce Lee, right? Like be like water, like just like roll with that mm-hmm. into what you do want. Um, when what I want right now, I'm really clear on is I want to know what question that guy from prison asked you. <laughs> He's like, right, well, I'll ch- tune in next week. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, and so here's what I want to do too, because I don't know, I don't know if um, we're gonna have time with that, but it's, it's, it's the holiday season, right? We just got done with Thanksgiving. We're getting into Christmas and I want to give your listeners uh, a gift besides the possibility principle that I've already given them. Right. They- Take it. Um, and besides from the good looks as well. Right. Like from the I, yeah. I am here to give value and whatever <laughs> value I possibly can give. Right. And, um, and by the way, we only met, we only talked about one benefit that comes from the possibility principle that helps us, you know, develop that P squared mindset. And again, that first benefit is it, that the P squared mindset, that possibility principle allows us to take our dreams and desires and couple them with emotion. And so, so th- which allows us to experience the unimaginable possibilities to create. And as, as entrepreneurs, most yeah. of us have this, this great gift of ideas. I got an idea. I got an idea. I got an idea. It, it, but the problem is, is some of us haven't harnessed that energy, haven't bridled, um, you know, the, the emotions that are coming out of us, right? And again, use them, take advantage of them, harness them, bridle them, don't suppress them, don't eliminate them, and, uh, and, and, and use what you've got. But most of us don't realize that, that we have conflicting desires as well. Right. Mm-hmm. How many times have you wanted to lose weight, but you want to eat that Twinkie, 
and drink that big gulp. You know, <laughs> how many times do you want to be like the 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 the, the Inc. One Hundred? You know, be a part of that Inc. One Hundred list or or the Five Hundred list or whatnot, or or find yourself in Entrepreneur Magazine as you're walking through the airport. <laughs> And by the way, you're going to have to tell that story, James. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so so again, how can we do this? How can we how can we match our dreams up with our desires and have that definite, deliberate desire that will help us achieve our dreams? And 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 so um, in this book that that I want to share with you guys, we've got two of them. It's I'm possible and endless possibilities. Um, Randy Garn is a New York Times bestseller. He's a forward of that one. Um, the third edition, we've got uh, um, Raymond Barry, or, I mean, Aaron Raymond, sorry, uh, that has the forward on that one as well. You guys go to my website at griffinmotivation.com. And uh, if you if you get both books, we'll throw in the shipping for free and we'll throw out some more love as well. And if you put in the coupon code LOVE, L-O-V-E, we will knock off 50%. And so nice. That's what I'm talking about. Absolutely. So Sweet, a sweetener. Absolutely. Right. Upsell it. And then of course, you as, can, as if it's out. not enough to have a playbook on how to weave your dreams and turn them into reality. Yeah. You can now do that for 50% off. Absolutely. Right. But the reason why I share this is with you is because, um, you know, I, in sixth grade, I got a D minus in English in high school. My English teacher told me I'd never write a comprehensive sentence. My freshman year in high school, I mean, in, in college, was that was all validated. That first day, when we write a paragraph. Second day, they called six of us out of 300. I go bounding to the back, and I'm like, what I win? Like, you want to date with a rem remedial English teacher? I'm like, what does that mean? Like, that's exactly why you need it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so after the 2004 Paralympic Games, I asked myself, how did I get here? How did I get, how was I able to go and play college in football and taste the sweetness of success and play two downs? How did I, how was I able to pick myself back, back up and dream new dreams? And how was I able to exit that son of self-pity? And why was I able to listen to that question and not just listen to the question, but embrace that question that was asked to me in the hospital to allow me to, to go get married. There, there's something like Griff, you'll never walk down and move again. You'll never get married. Uh, you'll never, uh, you know, have kids. And, and they're like, you're not going to get married, not because you're wheelchair, but just because of who you are. Mm. <laughs> All right. That, that's fair. My wife and I have been married 20 plus years. We have four beautiful biological kids. And, and I want to share a clip with your, your, your listeners, or they can go to the, your website or whatever it is. But uh, 2017, I was told 20 plus years ago, I told I never stand or walk again. And in 2017, 19 in August, I asked the group of men to help me climb Mount Ben Lomond, which is 9,711 feet. I walked the whole path to the top. Wow. After being told I'd never walk or stand again. This is after I was told that and the evidence was stacked up against me. I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't, I couldn't feel, I couldn't do anything. The experts were absolutely true. They're like, Griff, it's impossible to walk. And they showed a picture of my back and, they, and I had an incision from my belly button to my back, let me, reminding me that it was impossible. I love the quote by Muhammad Ali that says impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it. Mm. And so when people are like, nah, it's too hard. Myth number one. 
Myth number one is too hard. It's not too hard. We know how to do it. Step by, you know, inch by inch is a cinch. Yard by yard is hard. And the thing is, which leads us to the second myth. And the second myth is, oh my goodness, I'm not good enough. Because how many times have you been promised X, Y, and Z if you purchase A, B, and C? And so you purchase A, B, and C and you end up with PDQ. Or like orange. <laughs> Absolutely, right? <laughs> it's not even a letter. You're like, it's not even there. Absolutely. Yeah. And so myth number two is, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not capable of, of, of doing it. I'm not good enough. Myth number one is too hard. Myth number two, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever enough. And myth number three is I can do it on my own. Mm. <laughs> we need a coach. We need somebody to help us out here. And that team helped me get to the top of the mountain. I took every step, but they helped me out. They, they put together a little you know, portable parallel bar. And, um, and it was around their necks. And they had to rotate. And it took three and a half hours to get up, four hours to get down. And we went uh, three and a half miles up. And three and a half miles down, so seven miles. And and so here's the here's the, what I want your listeners to to hear, and those who are watching, dreams do come true. If you have a definite desire, and dedication, and determination to do, even while dealing with disappointments. Yeah. The problem is, is most of us don't know. <laughs> We're just guessing. We're spitballing. We're problem solving on the go. Mm on the scramble and we don't have to scramble anymore and we know how to get it. We know how to get back up. We know how to get unstuck. We know how to go forward. We know how to um, get to the top of those mountains again. And, uh, and so, and so that's the beauty of it. And so, by the way, that question can be found in chapter seven. Cause I don't think we have time for the, ant, for the, for the, the, the question. That was Dude, asked, we need, right? we need the question. <laughs> give us give us a hint yeah, joe this is a personal thing now i don't like if no one's listening anymore they tuned out because it's like three hours after we began the show that's fine we need the answer <laughs> we need the i don't question. need the answer i don't need the answer i just need the question question need the question the question that changed my life forever so here i am <sighs> flavoring my food with my tears the tray plops in front of me I look up at him and he looks at me. You know how sometimes girls look at each other a split second and they have a 20 minute conversation? Yeah. He and I, Dean and I do that all the time. That's right. right. You're like, hey, let's, let's have this, this conversation. He looks at me, I look at him, and I'm about to tell him to go off. And then he verbally asks this question that changed my life forever. And he's like, why are you crying, dude? Mm. And I'm like, what? Why are you crying, dude? And in his slurred speech, I understood what he said. He said, why are you crying, dude? Mm. That snapped me out of it instantly. Why am I crying, dude? I looked around and I saw a quadriplegic who was paralyzed from the neck down. He had a halo screwed to his skull. He couldn't even feed himself. Somebody else was feeding him. Another guy was a quadriplegic. He had some movement in his arm, but he couldn't grab his fork. And so they put a fork into his hand, they taped it to it. And he was trying to feed himself with this fork and the food kept on falling down. They can't even feel a hug. They can't even hug other people. Why are you crying, dude? Wow. I can hug. I can move my arms. I can transfer out of my bed, even though it takes 30 minutes. I can get myself dressed, even though it takes me an hour to get dressed now. Why are you crying, dude? We can focus on what we can't do 
or we can focus on what we can do. And that P-squared mindset helps us flip the switch. Dude, this is so powerful, man. I'm glad you shared the question with us because we well, only have a couple minutes the question left. question would be something like, are you going to eat that sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, so, you know, because I think that, you know, uh, for, for so many reasons, I wanted to have this have this conversation today, but not the least of which, you know, we're, we're here. Today's December 1st, time of this recording. 2020 has been a on balance, a pretty rough year for a lot of people. Absolutely. What happened? Right. Well, I had to deal with you for another year. That was one of the things that happened for me. But, um, but, but I think that that question, like, why are you crying, dude? You know, like for putting that in perspective with your situation, all the other things that, you know, you were experiencing, you saw those people. It's like, if you, if you are still here and you're still able to listen to what we're talking about here today, like, why are you crying, dude? Right. And it's just like, what a, what a great way to, um, wrap up a, a spectacular conversation. So, so I want to make sure that people know, um, where to go. So one text possible to 801-316-8689, um, to get the possibility principle. I'm going to download that as soon as we're done here. Cause, um, I want to check that out. And then as far as the books go, did you give the URL for that or um, do you still need to do that? Because I want to make sure people know where to go to get their hands on those books. Yeah, if you go to Griffin Motivation, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, like the mythical beast. Um, I always like to tell my wife that I'm a mythical beast. She's like, you're neither mythical or a beast. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that to keep you humble. But all right. Oh, so hey, listen, man. Listen. Um, so Griffin Motivation. Griffin Motivation. Yeah, GriffinMotivation.com. Uh, you go down to the shop, this the shop section, um, and, and you and you get those books. You put in the coupon code love, we'll knock off fifty percent. And if you get two books, the the shipping is free. And um, again, it's just an introduction. It just introduces the three Ds by telling my story. We just kind of scratch the surface. This endless possibility book is a great tool to help us stay focused. It's the ninety day recipe for world record results. It takes 21 days to, to start a, uh, a habit. It takes 66 days to make it automatic. So why not just go the, the extra 14 days and, and make it 90? Go the distance. Or maybe it's 24, whatever. Yeah. I wasn't going to check you on your math, but yeah, we're, right. we're good. Close enough. Um, Dean, before we go, what, uh, what wise words of wisdom do you have? Hmm. You've anything? <laughs> no, I just wanted. I, I think this show has been awesome. So so motivated. I think you know, I, I resonated a lot with with when you were talking about in terms of um, the the dream and 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 you know getting clear on the dream. I, I actually have a, a book of my own, and one of the first chapters is called Life by Design. Because one of my experiences has been is that so many people set off on some kind of venture or journey, be it business or otherwise. And they don't have the final destination clear in their head. They don't know what they're doing it for. And so I think a great thing you just said there was that dreams do come true. And I think I would love to kind of take everything you've said there and say that, yeah, dreams do come true. But first, you have to have one. Mm. You know, so I, I think your, your story here has been so inspirational to so many people, especially in a year like this and a time like this. A lot of people have feeling like maybe they've lost hope or they're down on their look or whatever. And I think you know what you've come here and, and no doubt is going to impact so many people. So yeah, really appreciate it, Jeff. It's uh, been awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here, man. 
Thank you for uh, thank you for sharing your story, for your inspiration, for your example, and uh, for letting me breathe easy by giving me that question at the end. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, you know, I'd be like drive down to your house and be like, dude, like, give me the question. I, I left it hanging, man. I'm like, dude, we we can go uh, we can go skiing, right? We can go- <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was a big uh, a big open loop. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to check out, um, what, uh, what Jeff's up to, make sure you go to griffinmotivation.com, check out the books. If you're looking for a little free love, uh, just to get started, text possible to 801-316-8689. Um, we appreciate you guys being here today, listening, uh, and uh, shout out to all of our Zheng Zhao listeners. Actually, yeah. Dean, you might find this interesting. We were, uh, talking with some friends over the Thanksgiving weekend and we're like, yeah, we have, uh, we have a decent sized population of people in Zhangzhou, China who listen to this show on a regular basis. So shout out to you guys. Oh, and shout out to, um, I think it was Mexico. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mexico. I think we are the number 16 podcast, uh, highest podcast in business in uh, the country of Mexico. So God knows how that happened because I don't speak Spanish. I was going to say, Felicidades, hombres. Yeah. Well, we'll have to, uh, we'll actually have to get Yada back on here because she's a native Spanish speaker and she is Mexican. So maybe she could do a show for us. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys to, uh, for listening. Thanks, uh, Jeff, for being here. Dean, uh, best of luck on the way home on your horse with your little red riding hood outfit. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and I think that's a wrap for us today. You guys, we will talk with you guys later. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.